What kind of a flyer are you? Clearly, a lot of people are nervous flyers because something happens to an awful lot of all of us, I think, when you get on an airplane that results in videos going viral and just overall bad behavior. Stuff that you might never do at home or otherwise in a public place, and there you are, find yourself behaving badly on an airplane. What happens to us? Well, Dr. Cheryl Skaggs is with us now, professor of sociology at the University of Texas. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. What is happening to our behavior? Are we becoming more nervous when we fly? I I think on the most part, yes. Uh, People definitely are. They see these reports in the media and they think, oh, no, what is this going to happen to me? Is this are we going to be viral? You think we're paranoid about that? Um, I think we're we're increasingly paranoid about it. Uh, The more we see these kinds of um, outbreaks on airplanes, uh, definitely raises uh, anxiety, and you know people come expecting that something might happen on an airplane. Dr. Skaggs, have have we always had this kind of behavior on airplanes before? Has it always done that to us? I think there's definitely been an element of this in the past, but this is elevated to a whole new level, especially since the pandemic. But, you know, reports show that even prior to the pandemic, these incidences of emotional outbursts or physical altercations on planes had increased in the past decade, even prior to the pandemic. And so what happens to us? What is the the behavior that triggers this? I think there are a couple of things in the research that I worked on. We looked at, at alcohol as being a very critical element. So that was in a lot of the reports that flight attendants or flight crew provide that, you know, they're saying either passengers are are coming intoxicated or close to being intoxicated when they board aircraft, or they um, consume too much alcohol when they get on the aircraft. And so it's, you know, part of it's a double-edged sword because airlines provide the alcohol to kind of help offset the anxiety, but then that also tends to elevate situations. And so people, you know, are taking advantage of that, I think in part to minimize the anxiety, but I think in another part uh, about an increasing uh, entitlement. So this culture of entitlement plays out in aircraft all the time. So I deserve this. I paid this much for this flight. You know, I need to be treated well. Yes, are airlines also not making it easier for us? They seem to be crowding us in tighter and tighter. Absolutely. You're hitting a sore spot with a lot of people. So we've looked at, in some of our other research, we looked at things like seat pitch and leg room. And, you know, clearly this is an issue where people feel like they're being more and more confined. So seats are closer together. So they're crowding more people. If you're not sitting in first class or now business class, they're definitely feeling the pinch, so to speak, when they board an aircraft. Are, are we reaching a tipping point, do you think, with this? Like, are airlines, are they responsive to this, or do they just feel like, no, they're just going to keep cramming as many people as they can onto an airplane? I don't get the sense that they're very responsive at all about this. They're in it to make a buck, and profit is the bottom line. So if they can crowd the aircraft, and I think that's um, better for them. You know, one of the other trends I, that exist is, you know, more crowded aircraft. So, you know, I can remember flying, you know, a decade or two ago when you might have a half-empty aircraft, or maybe it's with three, three quarters full. But, 
you know, now in most of the flights that I'm even on, I rarely do you have an empty seat on the aircraft. So I think that also plays a role because, you know, the boarding takes longer, you know, the, that, you know, that anxiety that people may have even about flying, um, you know, you have that time to, for it to intensify. That's very true. And I know your research looked into the types of airplane misconduct. Were you, could you break it down into categories? Uh, yes. So we had uh, physical altercations or assaults, uh, verbal assaults or physical or, or verbal altercations, and then what we classified as sort of miscellaneous. So those might be at the lowest tier. Those might be things like fighting over overhead bin space or smoking in the lavatory or bringing on, which is a, it seems to be an increasing occurrence where people are bringing on their own alcohol to consume. I think this started with the pandemic when uh, airlines weren't providing alcohol or serving alcohol on aircraft, so people were bringing their own. They could either get that from a duty-free shop or maybe they're bringing it and putting it in their own container uh, from a, a restaurant or bar in the airport. And then um, the verbals are, you know, anything that would be a verbally assaulting. It could also be sort of a standoff of of wills with the flight attendants. So people, you know, are, are saying things that may not seem like a verbal assault, but mm-hmm. it's the way they're saying it in a manner that's trying to intimidate flight attendants. And then the physical assaults can range from anything from a, you know, a push or shove, which we've seen, you know, quite a few of those to, you know, blows to the head, which we've seen oh. play out in social media accounts. That's crazy. What is the most common of these then? The most common are the, the verbal assaults by far. So people just uh, getting in disputes, uh, you know, over feet. You know, I, I've seen a lot of this with the uh, holiday travel where people are like, do I recline? Do I not recline? My seat back? Do I have the right to do that? Um, so, you know, disputes over things like that, over taking over uh, armrest space or, you know, things like that, um, that tend to escalate when people are already agitated. Right. I just feel like it's safest to not, not lower your seat at all. Like just, unless you're sitting in business (laughs) class, which I never am, don't lower your seat. Right, right. You're just asking for it. Right. You know, (laughs) yeah, for a reason, but yeah. Okay. And especially for a long flight. Yeah, that makes it harder for people, though, doesn't it? Like they just, if you're on a long flight, some they need to recline their seat to maybe sleep for a little while. Right, right. Okay, so what did your research tell us then? Like, is there anything, do people recognize their behavior when they're doing it? I think some people do. I've seen some reports where people, it seems like people are sort of trying to game the system. Or like I mentioned before, where they think because you know, there's this entitlement of because I paid so much for the flight, I'm entitled to, you know, great service and I'm entitled to have overhead bin space and I'm entitled to have, you know, extra leg room and, you know, things like that. So I I think that's a particular issue. You must have just so many examples to pick from. Yes. Yes. We have a lot of examples, unfortunately. (laughs) That is very true. So would you say there was a point in time when this behavior started to get worse? Like, I know we talk about the pandemic, but does it go farther back than that? It does go further back than that. So we saw even in the early 2000s, um, the increase in the number of these incidences. So whether 
Um, and and I think too, uh, like I said before, when you have social these physical altercations play out on social media, I think people start to believe that's the norm. And those are definitely, you know, very small number of incidences involve things like you know that are that extreme. Um, like I said, most of them are, are these verbal assaults and, and flight attendants are the, the biggest target. So I think, you know, also the fact that flight attendants are female, so it's still over 70% in the U.S. Are, are female. And so people are taking advantage of those, both male and female, but mostly males pushing the limits and, you know, arguing with the flight attendants or, you know, making demands on the flight attendants that are extreme or excessive. Right. Well, it certainly doesn't seem like the circumstances within which we fly are going to change anytime soon. So I'm sure there's plenty more for you to research, Dr. Skanks. Thank you so much for your time today. You're very welcome. Thank you. That's Dr. Cheryl Skaggs, professor of sociology at the University of Texas. Her research looks into airline rage, and she has no shortage of examples to cite. And they really do believe that post 9-11, right, all the changes in air travel, cost cutting, security measures, it, there's so many rules for people to follow now. It's less comfortable. People are more tense. Your flight could be delayed. Your luggage could be lost. It just feels like so many things can go wrong. And yes, you have paid so much money and you're nervous about getting to where you want to go has resulted in people just having more air rage out there. Have you ever seen something like that on an airplane? Have you ever been one of those people? Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.